Ciao ragazzi, welcome to episode 8 of the Fratelli di Rugby podcast. And uh, as ever, joined by my two now good friends. One day we'll meet in person and shake hands for real, but for now, we're still virtual friends. Um, Mike, Ottavio, how are you boys? Ottavio live from Italy, how nice. Yeah, I'm closer, Marcello. I'm really happy to, to be here. I'm on the by the sea, actually, in Fiumicino. Yeah, yeah. So something really different from Bulgaria, where I live. But awesome. A lot of mozzarella, a lot of prosciutto, cornetto, cappuccino, you know, classic, stereotypical stuff. Oh, man. Back home, pasta from mamma. Eh, classic, good stuff. You have to rub it in, don't you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, hey, boys, how you doing? You well? Yeah, I'm good. And uh, yes... Before we start waxing on about Italian food, we are joined another another special guest. And every time I say this, every single episode, that it's just kind of blows our mind a little bit how kind of far we've come so quickly and being joined by all these guests. And we are joined again by another of the Italian squads, uh, Stephen Vine. Stephen, how are you, mate? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm good. Uh, how are you lot doing? It's not too bad. Not too bad. Sun's pretty good here, actually, in England, Ottavia. I mean, it's about 20, I think it's 25 degrees where I am, so it's not too bad. Weather's good. It's good. Better but than anyway, you. Is it? What's it like there now? to like the temperature? Here in, in Fiumicino, maybe it's it, 25 degrees, but the problem is the humidity here. It's 85. Cool. I can see fish swimming outside of my balcony for... How much humidity there is in the hair. <laughs> That's great. But yes, I think the food is probably considerably better where you are than where I am, for sure. I think I had a steak pasty for lunch, which doesn't really compare to maybe what you got. Well, maybe it's good pasta. Why we are speaking about food today? We, we, we <laughs> uh, enter into you, this. You, you started it. You started I'm talking sorry, to me. Now. One day, we'll yeah. speak about food with all the rugby people uh, of, from Italy, sure. rugby players. We should. A special one. Sure. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. You just got me thinking now. I'm, I'm <laughs> hungry. And anyway, Stephen, before. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about all that. Um, I think we'll start. Obviously, start with you. And uh, you've had, with Italy for sure, a really successful season. How do you reflect on, on your year, both kind of from an international perspective and also from a club perspective? How, how's it been? Yeah. Not too bad, to be fair. Um, Last preseason, I I took uh, the well took uh, I took the decision to uh, do preseason with Gloucester and not go away with the summer, uh, with the international squad in the summer. So um, I think that benefited me really well uh, going into the season because I wasn't in a great spot end of last season. Um, and yeah, I started the season really well with Gloucester and uh, in the autumn played really well. Got got beat uh, Samoa and. Australia, which was amazing, um, and yeah, just uh, playing in the Six Nations. Then um, obviously we didn't get a win, which is quite disappointing. But you know, definitely the, the performances was with it with it by the team, and you know we're in a really good spot now. How was how were those games in the autumn? I think we've spoken to quite a few of the boys now, and some really famous. Obviously, the Australian game being being the one. What was it like to be part of to be part of that squad and experiencing something something like that? Oh, it was amazing. You know, it'll be with me for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, just the whole build up to the game, especially coming off of the win against Samoa, is just an amazing vibe in, in the squad. And you know, we went into that game. 
putting everything out there and it, honestly after after the game it was just amazing you know the fans as well uh, like the support there was amazing in Florence and yes yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable memory a few beers that night was it yeah plenty yeah plenty <laughs> <of beers. Good>. <laughs> when you shared this beer with the Samoan players too they were you see them like quite surprised about the the result coming out from the from that game like we lost again against them they were like that how how they were feeling like surprising in a positive way to have another good team playing against them yeah you know um well we went out after the australia game and you know to be fair to the australia players they they came out with us and you know they weren't like a they, what they were celebrating with us almost you know they were definitely drowning their sorrows but they weren't like affecting the, the 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 nightclub and they weren't you know they were happy for us in a way do you know what I mean and um yeah it was a, it was a an amazing night and you know you had Will Skelton and all the, all them lot out with us and yeah it was it was amazing how important do you think those two games were for for this crop of players I think it's one of those where we could see sort of bits and bobs but it's, it just seemed to click on those you know that autumn that that start um how, how important was it for you guys yeah it was massively important um yeah we came off uh from a loss against Georgia in the summer so we definitely needed a big autumn um and I think you know that showed Again, in them two games, and even the South Africa game, you know, we performed well for 60 minutes. Um, and, you know, it's been, like, amazing since Kieran's come in and the, and the coaching staff's been really good. And, yeah, it's nothing but positive vibes from, from, from camp, really. I think, I guess, maybe taking you back a little bit, Stephen, to that win over Wales, which... I think we'll come on to we'll come on to the Welsh connection a little bit more uh, in a bit, but that was obviously where it all kind of started for us as supporters. This team it seemed to be like that that night, that day in Cardiff was where it all, where everything that we've seen since then and all of the excitement that we have going forward all seemed to stem off of of that day. So maybe for you, how 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 much did you enjoy that afternoon? Or was it tinged with a little bit of kind of sadness in terms of your roots, obviously? No, not at all. You know, it was amazing. Um, unfortunately, I was injured, so I, I wasn't playing. But, you know, I was pitch side there. And honestly, I, I couldn't believe it. And, yeah, it was so many emotions and, you know, good emotions as well. Because I was so happy for, you know, Italian rugby and the squad. It was just, it was just an amazing day, really. And, I think it's just, it was the start of you know where we're going, and obviously, I think where we are at the moment is very much can we can sort of explain it in terms of where winning against Wales in Cardiff to then being beaten in Georgia. Maybe that kind of summed this up kind of quite nicely, really. That we were able to produce that shock, but then when it came to the fact that we were maybe kind of favourites and expected to win we didn't so I guess that was kind of that kind of explains a little bit about where we are at the moment does it maybe potentially a tiny bit but to be honest we're, we're such a young squad you know we're learning each game 
and I think we probably need to be in in them sort sort of situations where we're we are favourites and not the underdog as we're you know used to really and it's how we handle that pressure and how we learn how to you know close out games like that because you could say the same as you know potentially Wales this year they were probably the underdogs coming into that game and we were the favourites and you know maybe slightly it's probably slightly got into our heads a bit where we um probably didn't perform as we should and you know lack of execution in some areas and yeah I think it's just a learning curve for us especially being a young squad but I think if, now we've been in those situations we need to actually go out and, and win games I think maybe going back to the Italy Wales situation maybe for our listeners that aren't totally aware would you mind just explaining a little bit to us about your your, your background with, with Italy in terms of also, maybe Wales, like the background in terms of your family and where it's all started for you. I think that'd be be quite beneficial for maybe some of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, so I was born in West Wales. Um, my mother's Italian, my father's Welsh, uh, and then my mother's parents. They came over after the uh, World War because my great grandfather was a prisoner of war. He got captured by the British Army in Africa and brought over here. Um, and then he decided to stay, stay here after after the war. Um, and yeah, just those are my Italian roots. So I've been brought up in a in an Italian culture, living next to my um, nonno and nonna. Um, and yeah, it's just Italian food every day. And yeah, it's just like being in Italy, really. Actually, so I think I think that's maybe where I don't know if you know me personally. So I'm. Did you say it was your mum's Italian, your dad's Welsh? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly the same with me. So I'm in the exact same boat. So my my parents met in Swansea University, actually. Uh, mum's from Italy, um, Italy and uh, her family, her side of the family from there as well. And dads were all Welsh. So that's just, so me and you can shake hands on that. That's what we share, Stephen, which is my claim to fame. They we're almost the same person. We're almost the same person. Something that you said there, I think, resonates quite nicely with myself, but I think it will resonate with a lot of, um, you know, first generation, second generation Italians. And that's sort of the the heritage that's instilled by you, by your nonni. Like, I have a boy who's who's three and we spend a lot of time at my, uh, at my parents' house and he is very much Italian, um, although he looks a lot more like my missus um but he's very much italian he's he calls him nonni nonna you know like he he's his pastor like a good italian boy um but is is that something that it, it, th- those roots does that motivate you or was that sort of motivating for you initially to 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 sort of spring on because obviously you you came on at such a young age and it was sort of needed from from an Italian rugby perspective, and you've done so well at the under twenties with Paolo. You know, you two absolutely ruled that ship. Was that something that you found a bit of uh, comfort in the fact that, like, every time you put on that shirt, it, it represented like your your nonni and, and and spurred you to to do what you're doing? Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that was probably the motivation um, to play for Italy. You know, I think a lot of fans or Italian fans and probably probably think I'm a foreigner or 
probably don't think I'm Italian because I've got my first name's not Italian and my second name's not Italian. Um, and I just think if they saw what it's like for me in West Wales with my no 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 no, they'd you know they'd think I'd I'd be hundred percent Italian. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, growing up in this sort of culture has probably pushed me towards Italian rugby and you know playing for Italy under 18s and under 20s. I made the decision when I was that young and um, yeah, it's a decision I don't look back on at all and I'm happy I made it. I did have one quick question. Sorry. Oh, you're quite a keen golfer, aren't you? You're like quite proficient golfer, I should say. Um, yeah, I am, yeah. And I don't know where I got this. I was saying this to Octavio and I don't even know if it's true, but did you, did you get scholarship for golf initially? Was that how it no, worked? No. Was it always for no, yeah, it was always for rugby. Yeah, but I've all, I think what you're getting mixed up with when I was about fourteen, I quit rugby for a year and played golf. Oh, that, um, that sounds right. Actually, okay. Yeah, yeah I think I so. I just quit quit um, rugby for a year because I, I wasn't enjoying it basically, and um, I wanted to play golf and play golf every well a couple of times a week with my dad and got really good. So, you still yeah. play? Yeah, I still yeah still okay. do. Any of the boys in the Italian squad any good at? I don't think so. You know, Seb probably claims he's he's the best, <laughs> but I doubt it. Um, we'll have a game in in, in camp, I think. Um, yeah, I I don't think there's any good golfers to be honest, but we'll see. <laughs> I get the impression he's very much a competitive person. Is Seb? Uh, yeah, he is. Quite like to give his hand at everything that that kind of comes his way. Yeah, he does. To be fair, nah, he's he's a good lad. He needs to sort his trim out though. <laughs> um, I think from from what you're saying and how you talk about your Italian roots, that very much was potentially not much of a decision to ever be be made there. I guess yeah. after the second time you you chose Italy at the under twenties, uh, what motivated you? Was there sort of the sense of realization within? The group of under twenties that actually, you know, objectively there's something quite special here. Um, there was, you know, players like yourself who, um, who, who shone Paolo Garvisi again in in the same age bracket, and um, you know, some some of the others that maybe ended up in some of the franchises. Was that was that a big part of you saying yes to Italy for the second time? Yeah, a bit of it. Um... Yeah, we had such a good, uh, such a strong under 18s as well. We beat Wales. Um, and then going into the 20s, you know, I knew we had a, such a strong squad. Um, we beat Wales again, actually. And um, yeah, we had such a gr- good group of young players. I was really happy where I was. You know, I had good relationships with all of them, to be fair. And yeah, it's probably part of the reason. But the main reason is, you know, I was, I've been brought up in the culture and, you know, I was, I, I am half Italian, half Welsh, but yeah, I definitely feel Italian. Yes, well, having that's very much the way I see things myself. So it's quite nice actually to hear someone talk about the same sort of thing, Stephen. So I very much appreciate that. Um, maybe going back towards sort of uh, the Gloucester, the Gloucester thing as well. Um, it's not been kind of plain sailing for you, has it? Maybe in the last few years or so, but then. Obviously, you got a new contract, and it's kind of been a much better season, hasn't it? So, how how difficult has it been, and and also how how much have you enjoyed maybe the, the last twelve months in particular? Yeah, so 
when was it a couple of seasons ago I, I broke through after lockdown um played quite a few games under uh George Skinnington and and that's when I got the call up actually for Italy. Um, but then after that, you know, because I was away all the time, um, I, I was going, coming back to the club and not really getting a chance to play. Um, to be fair, there's other good nines at the club as well. So, you know, I, I needed to earn my way again. Um, and yeah, I wasn't really in a good spot mentally, to be fair. I was really lacking a bit of confidence. Um, and then, yeah, coming into the season, uh, you know, really focus on my confidence levels and, and things. And, um, you know, I've been playing a lot more. And, yeah, the last 12 months have been really good for me. I've played about 25 games this season. and I'm really happy with the way I've played as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in a good spot. So just a quick reminder, guys. We have Longo match with us. What is Longo match? Well... If you want to start analyzing your games today, the video analysis software that helps coach, analysts and player is waiting for you on longomatch.com. If I can say something about that, of course, I, I, as I said before, I'm a Gloucester fan, so I watch your games every time and it's so different the way how Gloucester play box kicking, for example, than yeah. the new Italy style of play. But... Uh, how important was Kieran Crowley also to build your confidence in the last 12 months to, to have more game time uh, with Gloucester? Because when you came back after the Six Nations, you start playing straight uh, with, with Gloucester more than early during the, the last season. How important yeah. was Kieran for you in that? Oh, he's been massive. Um, you know, he's given me the confidence to play now. Which has been, uh, which is massive, really, and you know the way we play is totally different to Gloucester. You know, here we we play with ball in hand, and a Gloucester is a bit more uh, box kicking and, and pressure. You know, yeah, <laughs> pressure exactly. Defense. And Ladlow yeah. going to tackle people yes. after one of your box kick. Yeah, from what exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's 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 very good for me actually as a, as a player anyway because. You know, it's two different style of plays, and if I can play them both, then you know, surely I'm in, I'm in a good spot. And um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's very enjoyable to play either. To be fair, um, I do really enjoy the way Kieran's come in and you know put his foot down on on how he wants to put us to play. And you know, I'm a, I'm a great fan of it. To be fair, I really enjoy it. Um, and yeah, it's yeah, it's really good. Do you find, bar a few exceptions in the Premiership, there's there's obviously quite sort of rigid game plans, and obviously there's there's some creativity within the different like structures that that they play. Obviously, there's um, a few teams which probably replicate quite nicely, like to Italy, Quinns probably a couple of seasons ago with with the Devil May Care. Do you think part of obviously the the new Italy, and we'll keep we'll keep. So emphasizing the new the new attacking Italy is the fact that Kieran just believes in you boys and he's like have a crack if it if it messes up that's it and you know like it's a, it's a life lesson it's an experience you learn from it and you move on is is that something that you're quite excited to when you go into camp with Italy the fact that you just you know you're able to to play however you want and 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 you know hopefully it, you know comes good yeah 100% you know um Kieran's got his structure of how we want to play and if we play within that structure and make mistakes then you know he takes 
t- takes the, the the hit from the from the media or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to have that as a coach. You know, he, he actually puts belief into us as, as players, and we can go out there and express ourselves. And you know, I think he's a he's a great um, person off the pitch as well. You know, um, he's a family man, which is like me, and um, I think it's very important to have someone like that as as a head coach. Yeah, and um, about that, like being in the team with Kiran, that is uh, the family man of the group. But think about also your position. You are one of the youngest player in the in the group with uh, uh, Garbisi with Alessandro Fusca at nine. So all young young players, because uh, Ale Fusco is 24 years old, is is the older of the three of you in in this moment. And then there is pa- Martin Pajrelo coming in. But you always had like Simpson, Ainz, uh, Ben Mian, uh, that is an experienced players. How different is for you to to be in a group, you, uh, Chapman uh, and Mian? So three different style, not style, but uh, personality and three different personality. But you are one of the, the old also with speaking about caps. You are one of the old in, in the at the number nine position. Actually, you are the older, the older one. How you feel about that in the group, in this young group being already one of the veterans? Yeah, I get what you mean. That's a good question. Um, you know, like when I was younger, when I was 18, 19, I had Willie Hines ahead of me at Gloucester and I learned so much from him. So um, I think it's good to have, you know, uh, experienced head, especially, well, at club level, it's, it's good to have a, a like an experienced player there just to learn from, especially when you're this young. And then it's a bit different with Italy, like you said. It's um we haven't really got an older nine. Well we we did have Callum Braley, which you know he's he's a very good um person on and off the pitch. So um yeah it's it is a bit different. Um but I don't really know what to say about that because you know I think we learn from each other as three young nines, you know Fusco is a different type of nine to what I am. He's a bit bigger. He's, um, you know, maybe plays a bit different. So you definitely learn from these players. And I think it's good to have three very good nines at, at international level, to, uh, you know, um, and Martin as well. Pedrello has four good nines to battle out with now in, in, in this World Cup camp. Did he train with with you during the Six Nation also if he wasn't going to play he was in, uh, in the group Martin yeah uh, yeah yeah he trained well um, when was it the Scotland week and yeah the two weeks I think um, okay. yeah he trained yeah nice good to know good to know because we don't know him yet with the Azzurri jersey so we don't know yeah, yeah. we can watch thank you for sure so I think you know That's certainly one of those positions where we look at and think. But I think for a long time, especially in the Italian setup, that kind of scrum half and, and fly half has often been a real issue. And I think we've probably gone through, I mean, we won't ever speak about the people on this podcast, so I'm not going to name any names, but we've had, we've had some stinkers, it's fair to say, when it comes to fly halves potentially, and maybe also scrum halves as well. So we've now in a position where we have you and, and Paolo as well. So what's it like to play with Paolo as well? Because obviously he's 
kind of a young guy, but also he's got big confidence, kind of very confident in his ability as well. How, how is it to play to play with Paolo? Yeah, amazing. You know, he's a very confident player. Um, you know, I played with him since under twenty, so I've got a good relationship with him on the pitch and, and off the pitch as well. And I think we complement each other quite well. Um, and yeah, he's he's also a very good leader as well. He's very vocal on the pitch, which is what you need as a ten. So, um, yeah, he's he's an excellent player, and we've also got Tommy Allen, who's also an excellent player. So, we're very lucky now. We've got two solid tens, and yeah, I think we're in a very good spot. And does that does that maybe help you out as well? Because obviously, this team is a lot of the leaders in the team are are the younger guys. So obviously, the captain himself is a young guy, and then. BC who's, who's young and yourself as well is that has that maybe helped you out in in terms of a leadership role in terms of being uh, a more vocal presence maybe on and off the pitch has that has that helped you in, in that instance as well How, these guys being able to be that young and, and still being able to kind of pass on a lot of that sort of that leadership responsibility yeah obviously in my position you know you need to be a leader um and I think it's important to good relationship with the leaders around you as well because you're in and amongst it the most probably so it's um it's very important you know you're a vocal presence in the team and and yeah I think it's we have a good leadership group now with um a few of the few of the leaders in the group and it's um I think it's working out quite well I've got a quick question um a little bit sort of less rugby focused but um in in terms of you know what you guys listen to um before going out in in the gym who's who's got the wackiest sort of playlist is there someone who's who, who needs to be named and shamed uh paco pietro uh Ciccarelli. what 100 percent. give us some, an example oh he's got this um he's got this song uh i'm not sure what it's called but it's like um it's like uh, that tsunami song. Do you know the tsunami? Oh yeah. Um, he's got that, but then um, it's Andrea Bocelli playing in it. Or something. <laughs> so it's so it's so oh, random. Cool. So you go. It's like um, yeah. I don't know where you can find it, but he's got that song. Honestly, it's just, uh, it's carnage. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I've found something which is. DV BBS versus Andrea Bocelli Conted Tsunami. I noticed obviously with the little clips that come out every now and then from the Federation that there's some keen gamers. Um are you one of those people? If so, um what's your point and who's the best in in, in camp? Ah, so um there's a few boys actually that play. They've got their little consoles. Um Tommy Allen, Ange Kutzer, um Paco again. But um, usually it's me, Tommy and Seb. We have this ritual after dinner. Um, have dinner, chamomile tea with honey, up to the room by nine, um, get on the console and play PGA Tour on the on the console, uh, three-baller. So we play 18 holes every night. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, I think the leaderboard is Tommy, then me, then Seb. I think Seb's quite low down the rankings. Ooh, um, Seb is behind you on this. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 low on the rankings. Um, it's not quite his game, I don't think. 
Uh, it's probably like that in real life as well. <laughs> God loves a trial. Yeah, he, he loves he loves uh, an effort anyway. But he's uh, I don't think he's quite got it on the on the fingertips on the console. Too big uh, toes, uh, toes. Sorry, thumbs. <laughs> he played with the toes. <laughs> <kind of. laughs> That's why he's so bad. He's playing with his toes. That's why. Yeah. he's trying to do something Probably. different. But oh, speaking about golf, does golf helps you in uh, for rugby in some way, like pendulum, the leg going up and down, uh, something that you pick from there, the mindset. Uh, Probably more the mindset, to be fair, because, you know, in golf, you're your worst enemy because there's, there's no team around you. It's just you. And if you have a problem in your head, then you'll play bad. It's, so you could use that maybe in a bit of, a bit of rugby, but it's more just to relax, really. I, I really enjoy golf, although sometimes it's not relaxing, but it's, it's, a, it's a getaway from rugby. And I, I, get, the, I get the impression... Stephen, that being in this Italian squad is is a fun experience. I think I can't imagine a world where we watch this team and we watch you guys play the brand of rugby that you're playing, and that there isn't a huge amount of of fun about that and an enjoyment. Is that does that kind of ring true both on and off the pitch? Is it a fun place to be? Yeah, it is. I think it's um, the environment Kieran's made. You know, I think he's created an environment where we can express ourselves in and, you know, off the pitch as well. We, you know, we've got good relationships all over the squad and I think that's very important. And, you know, credits to Kieran because he's, um, he's, he's created that environment. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really privileged to be, to be part of that environment. And growing up, was there a particular, you know, player that you would watch avidly and try and sort of replicate a few of the bits and 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 if so i suppose who who was it and 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 why um what impressed you about them um aaron smith you know growing up he was well he was the best nine in the world at one point and probably you know up there still now um you know i just kept on watching his games and um, his technique, his passing technique. I think he's got the best pass in the world at the moment, and he's uh, he's quite old. So, um, now nah, he he him hundred percent. He's he's definitely helped me in terms of like just watching the way he plays. And when I was about sixteen, seventeen, I used to message him on <laughs> message him on Instagram asking him for tips and stuff. And credit to him, he did respond a few times and. You know, yeah, and it's quite extraordinary now to, well, hopefully play against him in in in, in the World Cup. What a story that is! Like that, that would be go, cool. That would be so cool. Um, yeah, yeah man, that, that it would be. And I guess, what if maybe off the off the back of that, maybe if you could play, if you could play with any ten, maybe not necessarily the best ten ever. But if you could play with any ten that would maybe best complement you, who would you? You can we can kind of go. You can go past or present. Like who? What? What fly half would you love to to, to play outside you? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I don't know. I I do quite like 
Greg Cooper. He seems like a, good, a fun ten to play with. Um, yeah, he seems like he runs the ship very well, and you know plays attacking rugby. And yeah, I think probably him. Well, there's there's loads. You know, Dan Carter, Bone Barrett. There's so many. Um, but yeah, probably Quaid Cooper. I think very briefly, very briefly, when Mike asked about nines, I had like the joke in my head to say, but Mara Bergamasco, and I hope that I hope that it wasn't him because. Do you remember that, Stephen? Do you remember that? Because I, yeah, I, I do watched, remember I, I watched that in a clubhouse in one well, my local clubhouse, Melbourne Rugby Club, down down the road from me. I watched that in there, and that was obviously against England. It was at Twickenham, and I I was the only guy in a blue shirt amongst a load of pissed up English fans, and it was one of the most awful, one of the most traumatic experiences of my life watching him perform that day. It was fucking awful. Uh, no, no comment from there. No <laughs> yeah, hopefully he doesn't. Maybe hopefully he doesn't. This is the podcast actually. I'll just talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Mauro, you're a great player, though. I must admit, like, if you do this, this podcast, what a, what a blow. What Wait, a speaking about Mauro, um, <laughs> randomly, just with the algorithms on YouTube earlier, it came up with <laughs> with that monster tackle he did on uh, Brian O'Driscoll in 2012. Do you oh, guys yeah. see that? I mean, off the ball, but it was a monster tackle. It was it was sublime. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just opportune time that he's, he's come up in this conversation. Um, but I was going to say, in terms of like the games coming up, obviously there's talking specifically about the summer. Obviously, the World Cup. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to every single game. But there's there's you know some some teams where I think you know the Six Nations probably left a slightly sour taste in our mouth. Uh, not to name specific uh, teams, but. How much are you guys looking at these as a bit of an opportunity to 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 maybe make some of those marginal sort of mistakes stick this time and and, and sort of see what the outcome might be? Is there is there any sort of appetite to to say right, okay, we were so close once before, let's make sure that this time we're over it? Yeah, you know, we've been building for a while now, and you know, it gets to a point where good performances get to get you to a point where you actually need to you know win these games i think winning has to matter now because you can't go into this world cup expecting to just you know perform we need to perform to win and i think that's massive for us um and yeah i think you know we've got a tough few four games before the world cup which you know, against Scotland and Ireland are going to be massive. You know, lo- losing to them both in the Six Nations after two really good performances, you know, it's, it's a bit of a pill to swallow. Um, and yeah, I think the boys will definitely be up for it. And, you know, I think it's a, an exciting time to be an Italian rugby fan. Is there a process, obviously, following on from the Six Nations just gone, that we're, we're looking ahead at sort of the summer and you know, there's going to be that probably the typical stuff where you have the analysts in and talk, and then you start sort of maybe preparing from from those games from sort of the camp that you're about to go into. Now, is it going to be something where you guys are, are proper proper going to be targeting those games? Because obviously, it's just marginal marginal differences probably would have had quite a dramatic outcome with with those particular games that you just mentioned. Yeah, I'm sure. Um... You know the uh, analyst team has been 
busy on the off season, you know, prepping all, all the things for the games coming up, and uh, you know, I'm sure the coaches as well have been a bit, uh, busy and seeing how they can, you know, help us and developing and all of on what we what we struggled with and in the Six Nations and you know there's a lot of it was execution and skill error that you know comes down to the individual and you know I put my hand up to a few occasions you know I made a few errors and I think it's massive to cut them out especially this World Cup and um, yeah I've been working hard in the off season to to sort them sort of things out and yeah hopefully be in a good spot going into into this campaign that that's quite a healthy way of looking at things as well like it's just an opportunity to to improve right like there's no such that i don't know who quoted uh this but there's no such thing as you know mistakes there's just sort of opportunities to improve yourself and it's a really like healthy way that you you're taking um lessons and experiences like you said you know you're, you're a very young nine you're a very young group and there's only ways this is the only way that you guys are going to improve is, is by you know making mistakes and learning from them so it's nice to hear that you're making a concerted effort in in the off season and sort of the upcoming summer that you know um these these sort of mar- and like we said they're just like little marginal things but they can make such a such a big impact so um kudos to you man i think a famous pitbull once said, "They're must takes, not mistakes." Oh, that's <laughs> great! Because pitbull is that's inspirational, man. <laughs> He's just is. I, I listen to Radio One all the time. You see, and um, Greg James put over his little that little bit of a song over one of the new songs out at the moment. And he <laughs> says that they're must takes, not mistakes. And inspiration, I thought, is inspiration. Bless me, person. Um, Stephen, I think just before we we kind of we kind of tell this off. That World Cup group, I think it's quite an interesting one from the fact that there's kind of very much two halves to it in terms of they're the first two games that we absolutely have to win and that brings its own pressure. And then you've got the second half of it, which is very much going to be like, well, let's just see what we can do. Let's just throw everything we got at them and who knows? So is it is that how is that how you look at it as well? Yeah, 100%. You know, I'll t- well, if I'm picked, I'll take um, you know every game as it comes. Um, yeah, I think it's important we really concentrate on the first two because if we if we beat them both, if we win them both, then we're in a really good spot. You know, anything can happen going into the last two games, and you know, you never know with France being in a home home World Cup. You know, pressure could get to them, or you know, against New Zealand, you, ne- you never know what can happen. So. I think it's important we definitely focus on ourselves and make sure we perform and, and, and win these first two games and then see what happens. And I know it's very much kind of the, I think everyone we've talked to has said the same thing in regards to that. But me personally, and this is probably why I'm not a professional sportsman, but I would be absolutely buzzing at the prospect of playing New Zealand and France at a home World Cup would be an experience and an occasion that would just be Fantastic. Is it? Is it? Do you personally find it maybe not not hard, but is it? Is it kind of quite difficult to maybe not get excited about those two games in particular? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think probably the excitement will come the week of the game because um, it's important now to focus on 
you know, the Scotland game, which is which is our first um, summer test. And yeah, for me anyway, it's um, taking each game as it comes and yeah, nail my preparation in the week of, of that game and hopefully go out on the form. Absolutely. Well, look, Stephen, thank you very much for your time on a Friday evening. I'm sure you've probably got much better places to be. I, 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 the pub, for me anyway, that's where I'm going to um, but thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's been great to chat to you. So uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you, boys. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, okay. And uh, that's it from us uh, this week. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast, but be sure to tune in to all of the social media channels and make sure you uh, get onto this podcast when it comes out. Uh, we will speak to you next time. Ciao. Hey, metti like. Se ti è piaciuto questo episodio di Fratelli di Rugby, metti 5 stelline a Fratelli di Rugby su Spotify. Sì.